welcome to Hey Asper. Hello? Uh, uh, what are we waiting on? I don't know. I, th- I said it. Ben. Well, I said welcome to <gasps> Hey Asper. Ben. 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 Oh, Ben. Oh, no. You know what this there is? Okay, goes. there it is. There it is. Right. Joe for real now. Got it. Then got no. raptured. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was literally like I did the clap down and I was waiting for the welcome to Hayas button. I was just like, uh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I thought it was a fucking bit. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm too sleepy for this goddamn shit. <laughs> I will drive. Five hours round trip to hit both of you in the head. <laughs> oh God! Please tell me you're still rolling. <laughs> yes, I am. I am yeah, okay, good. Recording. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Did you Christ. did you clap when we did the clap down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we can just keep going then. All right. Hell yeah. Um, welcome to Abusive Cast. This is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's this is this is this is unnecessary. Welcome to Gaslight Cast. <laughs> The number one podcast that you definitely love listening to. Oh my god. Okay, first of all, hold on. Everyone shut up. Everyone shut the fuck up because I have to we have to discuss the most important death that's happened this year. Oh, that's right. At the age of ninety six years old, the Queen of England, Angela Lansbury, died. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? What's what? that? Uh, I went to where they filmed like most of the uh, Murder She Wrote episodes like three days before she died. Apparently, <gasps> oh damn! <laughs> Just kidding. I think she died of um, and I might be mispronouncing this because it is a medical diagnosis. Old age. Oh, uh, old uh, age. Uh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very important that we acknowledge that that happened because. She brought so much joy into all of our lives. Uh, how could we forget the time that she played uh, Mrs. Potts in the good Disney Beauty and the Beast movie? No. How, how can we forget the hours of silly, goofy entertainment as she traveled around the country killing people and then solving their murder mysteries because <laughs> she was a reality bender slash god? In Murder, She Wrote. Also, I saw a really funny tweet after she died where somebody went, um, a lot of people tell you that Angela Lansbury's last first movie was the movie Gaslight. These people are wrong. She was never in that movie. You're crazy and you need help. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it was very funny. And I was like... (laughs) I, uh, I didn't realize till... I think I saw someone tweet about it. Angela Lansbury played the the titular witch in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Um, I can't remember the character's name. Have y'all seen Bed Knobs and Broomsticks? See, I always yes. thought it was a porno, and that I haven't watched it yet. No, okay. So it actually uh, it won best um, like best effects mm-hmm. like best uh best movie effects like back when it came out in the 70s damn but the th- but the thing is is it's basically this was like you know this was disney's low budget time <laughs> so it was yes. basically a low rent 
Mary Poppins. If you want a time, please go watch Disney's The Apple Dumpling Gang because they oh. made that movie <laughs> with, I think, about two bits, and I am counting inflation in that. Disney movies used to be made on, like, a literal piece of shoestring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, Walt, we got another movie to make. What do you got in your pockets? And he was like, hmm... A scrap of paper <laughs> and a chewed up piece of gum. How much will anti-Semitism will get us these days? Yeah. So, um, I, but actually, anyway, I, I just real quick, I just want to say Bedknobs and Broomsticks is a fascinating movie. If you oh. love things that are like other things, but are just a little worse. Oh, that's great. That's a, that's a hell of a way to sell something. Yeah. I truly mean that. It's like, holy shit. Alright, fuck it. Oh. I will go ahead and say this. I have a lot of opinions on Disney. I have a lot of not like random knowledge about Disney company history. And there was a time when Disney was just like putting out really weird, kinda crappy movies mm. to the point where in the eighties their like animation studio almost closed. Oh yeah. Like, um it Little Mermaid really sold it back to him. Oh, 100%. 100%. It did, oh, man. Think about a world... Think about a world where... Disney dissolved, like, at the beginning of the 90s because they just couldn't get another hit. And they weren't the biggest, one of the biggest media companies in the entire planet at the moment. I don't know what that world looks like. That's that's a world where Reagan only got one term and Gore won the election and oh 9-11 never happened. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, all of those things had to happen at the same time. This is, this is a, we're, we're having a verbal version of the whole society if, if Disney had closed down meme. Yeah. Or it's just, just like society's super advanced and we have flying cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that when I was flying back from Los Angeles last week. Um, how 20 years, 21 years after the fact, maybe it's time to reevaluate airport security. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I feel like at this point, uh, your average consumer, even like people in higher classes, especially people in higher classes on like airplanes, are have a lot more on the line these days. I don't know, like maybe I'm just older and like I have like a different view of the world. But um, I think if someone tries to take over a plane these days, like everyone's gonna beat the shit out of that person or those people. And I feel, I feel yeah. like if enough people are like have that same ideology that we're going to take this plane and do something with it, I'm trying to be very careful with how I'm talking right now. Um, I know, right? Yeah. It, it, the uh, NR, the uh, NSA handler who listens on these calls, we're just having a good, goofy, fun time. Yeah. No, I you, feel like you stop paying attention now. I feel like if enough people have that same ideology of like taking over a plane, they're going to show enough red flags to where like like boxes are gonna tick and then like once they all go through security someone's gonna be like hey man 
those those white dudes in all camo and uh, Dixie flags don't seem like they should be flying to Los Angeles right now. For real. Yeah. Hey, what I want to know is how did the January 6th people get to Washington, D.C.? They flew Spirit. Yeah, probably Spirit. <laughs> Southwest Airlines. Yeah. Well, no, uh, if I remember right... Um, they had the money to drive there. No, a lot of them flew. A lot of them flew like fairly high class, if I remember right. I was going to oh, say, really? and a few people wasn't flew, a lot of them uh, like private jets and stuff. I mean, if you're going to go do a little insurrection on the government, don't you want to have like, don't you want to travel in style? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My main complaint for several you know, um, militia types has nothing to do with their weird white supremacist ideologies or the fact that they want to kill me and everyone I love. <laughs> it's the fact that they're just kind of, you know, drab. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, where's your sense of style? Okay? That is a good point. Just because just your I- ideology is whack doesn't mean your fashion has to be. Come on. Well, you know what it is, right? Don't you want to defend QAnon in, you know, in some Gucci? No, okay. Uh, no, I don't know what it is. Tell me. Tell me, Benjamin. They don't have any friends with style. <laughs> That's true. That's kind of... That is true. I'm trying to hint at something without saying the thing. Like, their it... their wife might have a barber who's stylistic but the barber's like you never tip and you're always a bitch i'm not helping you i'm giving you the same care and haircut you can't you come and get every three weeks get out of my shop yeah for real that's the dream honestly Mm -hmm. just like everybody's like no you have to leave society now you have you have to exude stage left society we we made the rules and we said no weirdos allowed what if, like, we made a sequel to Lord of the Flies, but instead of it being about children, it's about insurrectionists? Okay. I love it. But hear me out. Child insurrectionists. <laughs> That's just Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, no. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, hell. It always circles back to Choke Me Clone Daddy. It always, it always, forever. So I posed forever, in forever and ever. God, I've seen so many great memes about Hideo Kojima, and I want to talk about them. But I posed a question to y'all uh, a couple of days ago, or yesterday. Time is soup. Uh, the question is, what small Honestly. change would you make to an intellectual property to make it tangibly worse? Okay, I have an answer to literally every intellectual property, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be worse to some people. See, that, uh, yeah. see that's... Yeah, that, I mean, that's the caveat. Let me, let me give okay. you mine as an example. Hit me with it. mine would also only be worse to some if, you, uh, if you'll take this ride with me. I'm sure y'all have played or have seen footage of a Sonic the Hedgehog game, right? Yes. Uh, 
How much do you guys know about uh, anatomically or realistic hedgehogs? A good bit. Yeah. I've seen a hedgehog or two. Did you know I, that? Not only have I seen a hedgehog, I've given a slight. I've given a small smooch to a hedgehog. I have as on well. On its little nose. But here's the thing about hedgehogs: uh, when they run in the wild, when they're actually moving full beans, uh, turns out they are pissing, shitting, and coming, like evacuating the hell out of their system. So my change to the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise is that whenever Sonic moves at full beans, he's pissing, shitting, and coming violently. Wow. Those movies are suddenly very different now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, I have two answers now. That's horrifying, by the way. I want to go to. I want to go back to a world where I don't know about that. Hey Ben. Yeah. You know how sometimes people will be like, "Oh, here's an idea. Tell me more." Well, I want to say this. I told you enough. Benjamin. Tell tell me less. <laughs> Okay, Travis, do you have an answer? Because I've got two answers. Uh, go with your go with your answer first. Okay. Oh hell. Here's what I, here's what I'm gonna do. To another beloved video game property. Hell yeah. Replace the iconic and current and past voice of Mario with Chris Pratt. I knew, I knew one of you motherfuckers was going to say it. Yeah. I knew I should have said it first. If I, if I had to do something to make a property insufferably worse, I think that's what I would do. I think that's what I would like. But like a yeah. small thing, you know? It is a small change, and yeah, fuck. <laughs> okay, here's my real answer. No, that's your real you know answer. That... You have the second answer. Okay, Here, that was my first answer. Sadly, it's one that's happening. Here's the answer that will never happen until I become president of the universe. I'm going to take every fictional property that does that is not ABO, and I'm going to make it ABO. I'm going to speak for the class when I say, what the fuck does that mean? Wait. We've discussed this before, Benjamin. Yes. Wait. Alpha, reiterate beta, that? Alpha, yes. The Omegaverse from fi- is a fan fiction sub- genre mm. that is extremely popular and actually got its start in supernatural rpf fan fiction um rpf is real person fiction okay if i had to sum it up which is something so it's based off of bad wolf science you know the idea that like oh, there alpha, are omega. alpha wolves and omega <laughs> wolves yeah but in actuality, the alphas like hang out like super far in the back to keep track of like everybody, and then the older wolves tend to like move at the front of the pack. Oh, they're not a they're not a thing. Like alpha wolves don't exist. No, it's like the the ones that are like the younger, stronger ones tend to like hang out like the back. Oh. But no, the, the alpha, omega, beta, like wolf thing from like the eighties. Yeah, you're right. The guy who came out with it was like, hey, turns out I was wrong. Here's yeah. what actually happens. That's gotta suck when like you have to go and do a retraction on your science, but it's too late. Well, it's the, the same. The, the the what? And the fan fiction subgenre already <laughs> exists. 
Well, it's like uh, the same thing with GIF and JIF. Yeah. Explain how. So, like, the image um, format GIF, uh, GIF has been a thing since, like, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. Everybody called it GIF. And then the dude who made it came out within, like, the past three or four years and was like, hey, it turns out it's pronounced GIF and basically just, like, fucked off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we all said no to that. Eh, you'd be fucking surprised, but yeah. Um, okay. So, back to Alpha, Beta, Omega. Mm. A.K.A. Omega Verse. <clears throat> I'm gonna say this. I don't know who wrote the first Supernatural RPF fanfic to, like, have the beginning seedlings of Omega Verse in them, but I do know that that person deserves a medal of something a nobel peace prize perhaps who knows a hugo award because there are now published works in omegaverse like that are original fiction right it it is a huge thing it is possibly one of the most well-known fanfic subgenres it has inspired a court case a court case, Travis. Which one? A court case. Yeah. The infamous Omegaverse court case. There's a really great video by Lindsay Ellis on it. I'm not going to get into it right now because it's just way too long. But if you go to Lindsay Ellis's um, YouTube page, she still has it up. Okay. So, basically, in the society that is based off of bad wolf science, there. so men and women and non-binary genders, like all of those people still exist. But then everybody also has a secondary gender, alpha, beta, or omega. So your betas are like your normal people, right? So mm. we would be considered betas. We do the do, but we don't have any uh, anything else going on. We're just like your average person. Alphas are the, you know, real alpha types. Mm -hmm. They're dominant partners and they like go into this time where they're just like oh i have to have sex so that i can you know get somebody pregnant and they have a knot on their penis like a dog or a wolf i guess um let's take a turn and then the um, yeah well it is what it is. I mean, it's part of the part of the thing. And then the Omegas are like, at least overwhelmingly in fan fiction, because Het Omegaverse does exist, but a lot of it is, you know, queer. The Omegas are your femme soft boys. They can get pregnant and then they go into heat for a period of time, which is basically like where they put out pheromones and then like... They're basically sending out a signal like, hey, I'm really horny and I want a bone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, other aspects of Omegaverse include, but are not limited to, mating bites, uh, true mates. Um, there's a lot of, like, dubious consent in the Omegaverse subgenre. A lot of, lot of rape. A lot of rape in Omegaverse fanfiction. Um, well, it comes with the territory, but uh, I mean, sorry. Uh, bom, bom, ba -dom, ba -dom. Um, 
So yeah, so that's what uh, that's what Omegaverse is, and that's what I would do if I were going to make everything. Because like, okay, here's the thing: I'm not trying to shit on Omegaverse. I've read some Omegaverse fanfics that I've really enjoyed. Um, I have quite a few fanfiction friends who are really into Omegaverse, and I, you know, more power to them. I wish them the best. I want not but the best, happiest moments for them. However, it's not for everybody. And some things don't need to be in everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not everything yeah. has to be all things all the time. Yeah, we can everything. have some things that are subgenres. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why. Also, the world would just catch on fire if, like, we were watching a, I don't know, like, a Fast and Furious movie and then suddenly um dom is like hey i'm an alpha and i'm gonna fuck brian cranston's character not brian cranston who am i thinking of <laughs> paul walker <laughs> brian cranston's a- okay so we're gonna switch from the fast and furious to um breaking, breaking bad, bad. <laughs> and it's like can you imagine if there was like a breaking bad omega verse au except it was canon and like that's what they put on amc I mean, to be honest and with got, you... And it got spinoffs in a Netflix movie? The entirety of Breaking Bad is basically Walt just fucking Jesse as hard as he can, but not physically. Oh my god. That's because they're true mates. And... And... Q, uh, he can't keep getting away with this meme. Yes. Yes. So that's my that's my answer. Travis, what's your first answer? My first answer is Star Wars, but no one is allowed to have robot limbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's just a me thing. I'm here for it. Fuck it. <laughs> I think like Star Wars would not be where it is today if no one had robot limbs. Look, yeah. Lieutenant Danikin, new leg and arm. <laughs> Prison. Jail. Straight to jail. I need Lieutenant Danikin to be a thing. Do you need me to point to the sign? And I have a sign in the corner that says, We do not make Forrest Gump references on this podcast. I feel like that's the first one we've ever made in, what, 18 years? Well, maybe that's why I've never had to have the sign before, but now I have to. Do you, Why don't you want Forrest Gump references? Maybe I hate that movie. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Forrest is from Alabama, and there's a ton of historical events in Forrest Gump. I had to watch that movie, like, once a year in high school in my history classes when my teachers didn't want to teach because they were too hungover. Well, you see... Alabama public education, ladies and gentlemen. So maybe, maybe I'm just trying to, trying to not flash back to, to my history teachers questioning me about why I thought America is the best country in the world. Because I didn't think that. Mm-hmm. But they would ask. Their questions followed me. And they'd question my patriotism. Growing up post 9-11 America was a trip. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. But Ari, I thought you were thousands of years old. Well, you know, only spiritually. Yeah. I still have to kidnap a new young body to, uh, you know, acquire. 
to you possess. Gotta, you got um, to you got to Karama it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I have to merge my soul with that of a baby to survive. You know, the more I think about that, the more fucked up it is. Like, did Karama just steal that baby? Like, what happened to that baby's soul? Did he eat it? Okay, so I actually have... So there's two theories in the Yu Yu Hakusho fandom, and there's one that I tend to agree with more than the other. So in the show, in both the Japanese and the English version, as well as in the manga... Karama calls his possession of Suichi's body a merger. Okay? Now, a lot of people take this to mean that Suichi's soul is still in that body, and Karama merged Yoko and Suichi's soul, like, together. Hmm. Some people take this so far as to say that Karama is actually, like, possessing Suichi, in a much more classic supernatural sense. So to the point where Suichi and Karama can actually like talk back and forth as if they're two separate entities. I disagree with that, but it is very prevalent because in the English dub that happens in like one episode. Oh. Where like Karama and Yoko talk. Like oh, that was, just a, that was just a dub thing? Yeah, it was just a dub thing. Weird. And here's, weird. What I th- here's what I think it is. I think the reason why the dub had that in there is because they started dubbing it before they had all of the episodes and therefore hadn't seen the entire show. So they actually had like to redub a lot of things. Like the narrator, you find out the narrator is George, the um, ogre. ogre that works for Quinma. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. In the very last episode, yeah, you find out that like that's the narrator and they have the same voice, but they didn't know that when they started dubbing it, so they just had like... It was just dumb luck that they had the they had George also No, they had, it, they had a different guy and they ended up redubbing oh. his lines. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm nice. sure it was no hard feelings for the guy who originally played George because at the time and also today, Funimation had like five actors and they're all constantly doing all of the shows and also like ADR director mm-hmm. and stuff. Damn. Yeah. But that stuff was rampant with the Yu Hakusho dub. And so like there's a scene where, and it's in the Dark Tournament, it's where um, Karama <coughs> gets the ability to like transform back into his Yoko body. Uh, there's a scene where, like, Yoko's like, hey, hey, Suichi, do your thing. You're taking control now and treats him like a different person. And I think what happened there is that they, like, just didn't, didn't get it. Because Kurama does struggle with his identity, and he does talk about, like, there's technically three of me. There's you know, Suichi, the good boy, the good mama's boy. And then there's Karama, the more accurate version of myself. But recently, also this Yoko, you know, aspect of my personality has been coming to the forefront ever since I got my, the ability to turn back into my Yoko body. And to me, that conversation, like that little bit of um, narration from Karama is not like, 
I have two souls, or this is a classic possession conversation. It's more um, like a metaphor, you know? Like he's struggling mm. to figure yeah. out where he belongs in yeah. the world. And if he wants to stay in the human world with Shiori, or if he wants to like fully go back and embrace his demon side. I prefer, here's what I think about the, when, when, when Kurama describes it as a merger, here's what I think. I don't think Soichi's soul existed yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, see. I think it was just an empty, like, the body was just an empty vessel, and a human soul would have, like, come into it, but Kurama got there first. But because Kurama gestated in the womb and was born in that body, he can't leave it like he could if he were just possessing mm-hmm. somebody. His soul is merged to that body the way that Yusuke's soul is merged to Yusuke's body. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's what I yes. think it is. I don't mm-hmm. think okay. like Soichi really exists. I think that... Karama is the only soul in that body. He's the only soul who's ever been in that body. And the merger that Karama refers to is just between the the body and Karama's it's like soul. Like he got in there when it was a fucking zygote. So that's my that's my take on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I have a new answer for oh, Ben's yeah. thing. Okay. You Hakusho, but Karama's a one-off character. Hate it. You know what? That is one make it tangibly worse. Yeah. Great answer. Ooh. Well, you know um, what I would do to Supernatural to make it insignificantly? You know what thing I would do to Supernatural to make it worse? Oh, bring. Um, make Adam a mainstay? Is it add Mpreg or take away the implied Mpreg? It is definitely going to be this episode that we're talking you can tell i didn't have an answer um yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do the mbrag one uh i'll let you choose your own adventure on that canon is what you make it yeah. you know what i mean whether it's glass steel, absolutely whatever it's what you decide don't let us tell you what canon is who who the who who are we you know just people just people with microphones we're influencers. Oh, God. Yeah, God, I hated the way ugh, that sounded. Ugh, absolutely not. Hey, after this podcast is over, I'm moving to a bog and I'm never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll None of you will ever hear from me again. All right, Travis, this episode is called Girls, Girls, Girls. Um, Do you think there's any girls in it? I think there has to be at least one girl as per the Supernatural episode requirements. I'm going to say this. You know what? It's probably the first episode of Supernatural of all time that passes the Bechdel test. I'm <laughs> just kidding. There have been, I was there say, have been others. I was going to say, wait, does it? I'm not sure if this one does. Actually, I think it does. It does. Is that the sexy it lamp test? It definitely does. The sexy lamp test? No, no the every test episode is... of Supernatural fails the sexy lamp test because yeah. Sam is in every episode. It, every episode, he's the sexy lamp. 
You know what? No. Go to go to the go to the break. Go to the break. And we're back. Okay. So I didn't know how to feel about this episode until the very end of it. Oh my god, tell really. me more. I mean, I was like I didn't even put it together till the end. I was like, okay, witch who's been around for a long time, like is trying to restart her coven and is like is Scottish. You know, is Scottish didn't didn't put it together at all. Until the very end. And then Crowley is just like, Mom? And then... Mommy? Mommy? (laughs) Um, Which, coincidentally, is what I said during the episode. But... uh, (laughs) All right. But yeah, I'm very... Because this is our... She's our big bad for this episode, for this season, right? Like... She's who we got we got a little teaser of in what, like episode two or something? Uh, uh Ben and season? I are staring at each other. Yeah. Oh, what, was it the season finale? No, we got of last No, season? it was like season two or three. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about seeing her on screen. Yeah. Okay, so what you're talking about is Dean gets de-demonfied, Sam and Dean have a conversation at the end of the episode where Dean gets de-demonfied, which is either episode two or three, I can't remember, but I'll look at it and edit in just a second. And, and Yeah, and then there's Sam like... And, Sam and Dean have a conversation where Dean's like, well, let's chill out. At least there's not any, you know, thing that we have to worry about. And then Rowena shows up at the end of the episode... Like, she's sitting in a chair, and she's, I don't know, got some dude pinned to the ceiling or something. Yeah, you're right. That happens this season. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, you know how season 10 is my least favorite season? Yes. So, season 10 is not just my least favorite season because I'm I'm a bitter bee who loves to hate good things. Season 10 is my least favorite season because it's bad. There may be shining moments of, like acceptableness or episodes that are not total trash however overall it is not good so to answer your question no Rowena is not the big bad of the season despite the fact that she was set up to be her role is kind of would you call it confusing? I would call it kind of confusing. I I would say this entire goddamn season is confusing with what it wants to do. Oh. So 100 this season had no idea what it was going for yeah. or doing. I feel like this episode is like the biggest showing of that. Because yes. You do get two storylines that really fucking suck. Just they get nipped in the bud, thank God. But they really this episode smirch like the beginning of a really awesome character. So, 
they okay yes so i'm gonna say some kind of like uh, things about rowena's character Mm -hmm. make no mistake she is my favorite post season five character to like favorite character to be introduced post season five she is such a delight she becomes one of the best characters in the show i ship her and sam so bad i just want um rowena to like teach sam witchcraft 10 out of 10 Mm. she is amazing she's also very hot and i think her actress honestly um her actress's name is and i well her first name's ruth but i can't remember her last name so i'm gonna pull that up um you know she and the dude that plays chuck are dating right I did not know uh, that. I'm pretty sure they are, because that's what I keep seeing on Instagram and Twitter, and it's kind of adorable. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, my God. Where is she on IMDb? Hold on. Oh, Ruth Connell is her name. Yeah, yeah Ruth Connell. I, you know what? I almost said that, and then I was like... That's too Irish. Oh, <laughs> Connell. <laughs> yeah. Too, too Scottish. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um... I was like, am I missing a Macon? Like, am I missing an MC? Yep. Nope. Or like an MG? Nope. I had it right. Um, I I think that wrote like I think Ruth Connell is a talented actress. Um, I think she's a little rocky this episode. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, it's like her first episode, and I feel like there's a, there's quite a few characters. Like, I don't think DJ's Qual DJ Qual's had a really good start with uh garth and i don't think who else i mean there's a couple other characters who really have just rocky ass starts like it's kind of supernatural's thing for new characters to have really shitty starts like cole's kind of dog shit um i mean yeah well cole sucks yeah he's also like the most recent one (laughs) i can think of i mean Everybody loves Charlie, but the episodes, the few, the the starting episodes that she's in, not really great. Not sure how many episodes Charlie is in are actually great. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I will go ahead and say y'all are in the minority on that because Charlie is an extremely popular character. And the episodes she's in tend to be very popular. But also Felicia Day does well. Like... Oh yeah, yeah. This, Felicia yeah. Day does great. But yeah. the episode, this episode, what I mean is like her her episodes are just big old like nerdy self insert fanfics. Right, but but that's not what I'm talking about. This episode is dog shit. Um, Ruth Connell. Now, hold, guys, I want you to sit down for when I tell you this. I need to find a chair. Um, this. Yeah, this is not the last shitty episode of Supernatural. There's there's going to be others. Oh, I'm expecting and, the next one to be dog shit, too. And Ruth Connell is going to be in some of those episodes. Rowena will be a character in some of those episodes. But despite the fact that they are poorly written, poorly constructed, and Jared Padalecki is acting about as wooden as a plank, uh, Ruth Connell will go do a good job. I think she was a little awkward this episode, and I'm not sure why. That's what I'm saying. Like, Felicia Day's, you might not like Felicia Day's first episode. I personally think it's, like, fine, though I do see your criticisms of it. But Felicia Day did well. Mm. Cole, 
the actor who plays Cole is a great actor, despite the fact that his character is absolutely pointless. But yeah, I agree. The the episode is bad, mm. but like Cole did, the the actor who played Cole did fine in spite of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about here. I'm not saying like. Yeah. The episode's bad. I'm saying I think Ruth Connell's acting was a little awkward. She had some good moments. Yeah. I thought I thought at the end she was good. You know, I think I know what it is. She's broad. I thought she was rather thin. Hmm. But I'm chum. Like she's broad as in because she's a new introduction character, they're just trying to like She's they're not trying to hone in on anything specific. I, I mean, she's chewing the scenery a little bit. Mm, yeah, she's she's got she's she's got she's got a mustache and she's twirling it a little too much. You know what I mean? That's gonna get toned down later when Rowena becomes more of a character mm. and less of a character archetype. Okay, I think that's what I think that's what I what it is. She is gonna gotcha. for this first season that she's in though. She is gonna act pretty cartoony. Mm. Oh, she's a multi-seasoner. Yes, she oh. is. She's oh. she's through the rest of the sh- uh, show. Oh, for real? She's amazing. Uh, oh my god. No. She, but she she's not just basically she's not just encapsulated into this one yeah. season like some like would be villains are. Correct. God, there's things I want to say. Good grief. Yeah. I know. I've already given away more than I normally would, but like Yeah, this... you you gave y'all gave me that and that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. But the season <laughs> is such a mess. Like you can't look at it like other seasons, even other bad seasons, which were coherent. Mm-hmm. You know what season I would compare it to the most in terms of like meta plot? Season six. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's grambles. This in this episode. Oh, for real. And this episode really encapsulates that. This episode is like, okay, we've got two characters who aren't popular, um, and we don't really know what to do with them, so we're just gonna, uh, like, wrap up those storylines in ways that felt very rushed and also kind of disrespectful to the characters, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, definitely. Into the I think into the audience. I feel like was it last it was either the LSA or last episode where I was talking about how supernatural a lot of the times stretches stuff out unnecessarily to like fill an episode of television. Yeah. Instead of like cramming it with pop plot lines. Oh, that this was one, the LSA they, available uh, by signing up for our Patreon for three dollars a month. Yeah, and uh, so this episode was the they had the opposite yeah. problem. Yeah, where it was like they were trying to resolve too many things at once. Like too many things were starting, and too like I want to say there were two things that started and two things that resolved, and it all just felt like a big old jumbly yep. mishmash. Yeah, it's a weird pasta salad. To put it in, to put it in perspective, Cole, a character who was in the season opener, has one more episode after this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was Dunyan Rings. Yeah, well, because I so like. No, he's he's let, got one more. Let, let's let's 
Let's go ahead and pivot to Cole. Basically, he just shows up in this episode. Oh, yeah, he. Oh, I, he I just forgot shows he up, and then Dean, and then yeah, me too. He showed up, and I was like, "Who is that?" Um, her. To, to be fair, it's been kind of a minute, but <laughs> yeah. and also to be fair, I forgot Cass existed. He showed up this episode, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that that's bitch. that too." Uh, but also, so Cole's thing is like he's hunting Dean. Mm-hmm. He finally finds Dean. And then Dean just passes the charisma check and he fucks yeah. off. Yeah. And it wasn't even like yeah. a good sell on what happened. Like, no, it wasn't. Bad. Like he could have like you actually know? like they could have said anything. Like he could have been any monster instead of I don't know what he was, but he was eating livers, and you could have been next, boy. Fuck. Um, I would. You know what? I would have appreciated a flashback. Into what happened. I would have liked to have seen the scene. You know what would have been cooler? You know? Yeah, but you know what? We spent we spent too much time dealing with Cass and Hannah and not enough time dealing... We, we could have had this episode should have just been Rowena, Sam and Dean running into Rowena and then Dean, Cole catching up mm. to Dean and we get a flashback about Dean and Cole. That could have been the whole episode, and that would have been great. Let me jazz this up a little bit, and then we could have, and then we could have had a whole other episode of Cass's whole deal resolving. Uh, Let me jazz this up about Cole real quick. Uh, So we get hit me, hit us. We get where he's like with that other demon who I've been trying to piece it together. I feel like the demon he caught was like the third demon of the demon duo that goes and attacks the witches. That that. I think I think I that's think the vibe so. I'm getting, uh, because otherwise, how would Cole know? But any hoozle, Cole gets a demon to possess him so he can get on Dean's level, and it's a fair fight between him and Dean. <gasps> Unbeknownst to Cole, uh, Dean has been de-demonized, and so in- instead right. of Dean stabbing and killing Cole and the demon, he does the more humane thing, which is perform an exorcism. And removes the demon out of Cole, and Cole's just like, "Whoa, man! I thought we were going to fight like men or some shit." And then they have like a nice little moment of, "Oh, you're not actually evil." And then Dean's like, and then he goes and explains, "Yeah, your dad delivers. You were a child." Bam. Um. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot more than what we got. I'm also I'm going to add just a single caveat to mm. it. Because I think they were trying to go for that this episode, but they forgot to actually yeah. do it. Um, Dean should almost kill Cole because of the mark of Cain, and he should resist. Yeah, because he's got it, but we're yeah. not seeing anything like being done. Like we're seeing effects, but we're not seeing like the glowy sigil. It would have been that, and also like last episode, he got like weirdly aggressive. Mm-hmm. He shot that guy 10 million times. He's already beaten the shit out of Cole. And like, you know, Cole has, I don't know, gotten his nerves or whatever. Attacked Sam, blah, blah, blah. He has every reason. Oh, also he wants to kill Dean. Mm -hmm. Like for killing his dad. He has every reason to just put Cole down and be done with it. Especially under the influence of the mark. But he doesn't. And I'm just like. Okay, but why? And I think through Jensen Ackles' acting, we're supposed to get like, oh, he's struggling. Mm. 
And I'm cool with that, but they needed to make it way more obvious that that was actually happening. Um, So that's like my one caveat. But other than that, 10 out of 10, I think it's amazing. And yes, absolutely would have been way fucking cooler. And also would have made Sam's whole... Okay, so... (laughs) I liked the speech that Dean gave Cole mm. at the end. Yeah. It's a pretty dope speech. I particularly liked the part where Dean was like, it's too late for me. I know how my story ends mm-hmm. um, on the end of the blade or in the barrel of a gun. Like, I thought that was a good bit of writing. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoyed Jensen Ackles performance. Mm. But then Sam standing right behind Cole. He like showed up in the middle of Cole and Dean's conversation. Okay. So for context, Real quick, because we just jumped to, like, the end of the episode. Cole catches up just as Dean has caught Rowena, and Cole puts a gun on him and is, and is like, put your gun down, dude. And Dean's like, okay, I know she looks innocent, but she's fucking gnarly. She's killed, like, a bunch of people. She's a witch. She's evil. And Cole's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, put your gun down. And Rowena is able to escape at least the Winchesters. Mm. And then Dean and Cole get into a tussle. Dean beats Cole easily because he's a god. And Cole is like, what are you doing? Kill me. Right? Mm. Dean doesn't and instead stands him up, gives him a gun, and is like, give me five minutes to explain what happened. And if you don't like my explanation, then you can kill me yourself. Like, right here, right now, I will accept it. Tells him what happened, that Cole's dad was a monster, that he was already dead, which, like, crazy that you know that, considering you didn't even know what it was. Would have liked more explanation. Really feel like you could have been... I really feel like... How hard would it have been to have made him a werewolf or something? Yeah, fuck. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just say... Because then... Yeah. Because in the flashback, Cole is like... He begged for help. It makes total sense that a guy who was just turned into a werewolf would beg for help, but at that time, like, there would have been no way for Dean to handle it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I think this would have been back when they didn't know about the werewolf cure. So, like, or maybe he'd already killed somebody or whatever. The point is is that, like, they should have had more detail in what type of monster he was, because it's 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 annoying. I don't like it, yeah. <laughs> especially since yeah. it's here's what it is. It's not going to come back. Like we don't find out what type of monster Cole's dad is. They put it in there because they didn't want to spend like a little bit more time, you know, just thinking about Cole's backstory. So they had Dean go, I don't know what type of monster he was because the writers didn't know what type of monster he was. Mm-hmm. It is fine for characters to not know like things in the world. It's actually preferred so that you can make plot happen around them. But the writers need to know. The guy who created Cole absolutely needed to have an idea of what kind of monster attacked, like, made, you know, Dean, Cole's dad was. But I truly think that he had no idea. Yeah. Well, in, like, all of Dean's fucking travels since then, because 
this that would have been like what 20 25 years 15 something at least a decade amount of time since mm-hmm. uh, Dean killed Cole's dad, right? Um, uh, At least. M- in all more. of Dean's and Sam's and Bobby's travels, uh, Dean would have at least heard of something similar with all the wackadoo shit they see. Yeah. I don't know. Hell, it could have been a goddamn um, Jefferson Starship. Could have been. That would have been cool. Honestly, that... Well, okay, Jefferson Starship is such a goofy name for a monster that it would have taken away from the seriousness of the moment. It would have been a, would have been a little supernaturally, but it would have kind of fit. It would have been better than nothing. Yeah, liver eater. Which is what we got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Jackson liver eaters. Fuck. Anyways. Mm. You know, talk about more fun stuff. Okay. Oh, um, so, okay, so Dean gives this great little speech, and then Sam, who has run up behind them and almost killed Cole in this conversation, also talks, and he doesn't say anything particularly offensive or anything, but he started talking, and I was just like, oh, that's nice. They've given something paired, you know, they've given something, um, they've given Jared Padalecki something to do. Mm. That's, that's good. I'm glad that they've given Sam some acting in this episode. Uh, gave him a chance. It really does feel like he's his character's fallen by the wayside. Yeah. But I feel like I mean that's what hap- that's what's happened. Yeah. I hate you, Jeremy Carver. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This episode, by the way, was written by Robert Barons. Um. Oh, we like him. Yeah. I think. I think just like every other supernatural writer, it's complicated. Yeah. He's written episodes like Heaven Can't Wait, uh, Alex, Annie, Alexis, Ann. No. Black, Reichenbach. Oh, no, we hate him. <laughs> oh, Paper Moon. Ugh. Oh, dang. Never mind. <laughs> I thought we liked him. Oh, he was story editor on, during some, some of these. Most of oh, these. Okay. I'm sorry to laugh. That turn was just hilarious to me. Yeah. Okay, we still hate him, though. All of my friends hate Robert Barron, so you have to hate him, too. I'm sorry. Okay, let's see. Oh, he started with Heaven Can't Wait. Yeah. Damn. Okay. That's right. Okay. That is a good episode. Heaven Can't Wait is good. Yeah. And then Captives was like mid. And then Quadruple A's was bad. I don't remember boring. having strong feelings about it either way. So I'm going to go with boring. That's fair. Yeah. And then this one was a mess. And like, to be fair. I, I feel like I've learned a lot about the process of writing for television, mm-hmm. especially since we started doing this show. Mm-hmm. And it could be that uh, it, it could be that um, oh, what's his face 
told him, hey, all these plot lines need to converge so we can move on to the next thing. Like, uh, I, I've learned that basically the showrunners have most of the control mm -hmm. of how things go. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Oh, Jeremy Carver. That's it. Again, okay, once again, real quick disclaimer. I do not believe that any writer on Supernatural is a bad writer. I think they're all talented writers, but I think that there are constraints that are put on you when you're working on a long-running show that's, you know, got a, a very niche but dedicated fan base and, like, the demands from CW executives, the demands from the showrunner. Like, I don't think there's a bad writer in Supernatural. I do think there are bad episodes. I do think that there are definitely, like, bad plot points and dialogue. But none of these writers individually are untalented. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no. for sure. And I'm we're allowed if, to criticize that work. That's kind of our whole gig. <laughs> yeah. So... Do you guys want to go back to the beginning of the episode? Because I have a very small point that I'm kind of like, eh, about. Yes. Once you get okay. Let's go back to the very beginning. All right. It's a very good place to start. So this is the second episode in a row where Sam and Dean have not been researching a case. They've Jessica Fletchered their way into it. Oh, God, you're right. Where it's just like they're there or there's a relative like you know last episode it was like bobby had knew this rich lady and she had left him something in the will blah 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 like and then this episode the reason why dean and sam find out about the case they stumble onto it because dean has i guess signed up for an escort business website that he thought was a dating site and like has a date uh, and drove them out there hmm. because of that. Oh right, yeah, because they'll use the word date as a as a way to word it. Basically, mm -hmm. Sam and Dean stumble upon this mystery because uh, Dean hires a prostitute. Wild. I know, and that's just how they do it on Murder She Wrote, like. Murder, she wrote, <laughs> wasn't working for the police department. Jessica Fletcher just stumbled upon mysteries, was visiting a cousin, and suddenly a murder happened. But that's not been a thing on Supernatural, and I kind of need it to stop being a thing because it gets silly very quickly. And also just, like, have them research cases. They're hunters. It's their job. Do they need to be, like, on vacation every week and then suddenly oopsie-daisy Aruguru attacks? Come on. Come on, guys. Just let them just let them have jobs, you know? Just let them like look through the newspaper or whatever. Yeah, cuz that's what they did before. They would be in a diner, but they would be actively like looking through the newspaper for signs of stuff. Yeah, or on their computers or whatever. Mm -hmm. They would be they would be going to scrollsearch.com to look for, you know, supernatural attacks. Shit like that. Yeah. Now and now it's just like it silly. Like they're Mister Magooing their way into yeah. stuff. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to like feign like diegeticism. Yeah. Um. 
Also, this episode begins with Dean accidentally hiring a prostitute and driving eight hours for some tail. And I just want to say, LOL. <laughs> First of all, here's what a reason why it's so goofy to me. First of all, he has a screen name. His screen name is Apollo 67. Kill me. As if this episode didn't fully take place in a time when Tinder existed. Just, just kill me. <laughs> Second of all, like, the episode starts with jabs at online dating, as if this didn't take place at a time when Tinder existed. Guys, did you go back in time to get that joke? Is it 2006? <laughs> Are we still making fun of online dating as if that's not what everyone does and did back when this episode aired? In, like, what was it, like, 2014, 2015? Uh yes. I I had right. a I had a tender and and when this episode was out, I, I had multiple dating yeah. apps. Oh, oh yes. yeah, it was November twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Tinder was like out and about. It was everywhere. It was. It was. It was not a hey. Have you heard? No. no not only was it not a new thing, like I had had a Tinder for years up by the, by that point, like had gone on Tinder dates. Sam Same. Sam rags on Deem for for having an an online dating profile, and I was just like, dude, what are you doing, Sam? Like. You're the tech yeah. savvy guy in this relationship. You, if you should have the, the online dating profile. Also, once again, I have to bring up my theory that Dean is bad with women. He has to drive eight hours for a booty call. That's a long time. That's a long time. Well, let me let me provide another reason as to why he's having to drive so far. Dean is ran through. Dean is a whore. Dean has burnt through every available option within hours of himself. Therefore, he is having to cross into deeply into a different time zone just to get his dick moistened. Uh... The use of the word moistened in this context now, is so horrifying to me. Go on. Hell yeah. I was just going to say wet, but I was like, let's make this worse. So much worse. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think you're, I think it's, I think you're right. But also I think Dean is just ran through and lonely. No, poor Dean. Yeah. I think he's just bad. Oh no, I'm saying. I think he's just bad at talking to women. Could be bad at maintaining women. Could be bad at talking with women. A little bit of column A, a little bit of Columbine, perhaps. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Because he's probably crying in their arms and doesn't want to call them back. Yeah, for sure. What do you Mm. think sex with Dean is like? Do you think he knows where the clitoris Um, is? Probably, yeah, probably, well, I don't know. He might, but I would say that he's probably too rough. I would I would agree. I think yeah. he's probably a little too rough with the clitoris. Real rough with the clitoris. He treats it like um and probably leaves in the middle of the he night. He treats it like a joystick on a like video game controller. 
Yeah. Like an N64 controller trying to beat Oh, 100%. Bowser. And oh, yeah. just fl- just back and forth, back and forth, you know? Big time. He is, yeah. he's that one, uh, he's that one minigame in Mario Party 2 that, like, literally destroyed people's hands. Was there a class action lawsuit about that? I don't think there was, but they definitely, uh, toned down on that shit later. Hell yeah, they did. Fuck. You know what else I think? I think Dean fingers like a high, like a high schooler. Oh, pro- yeah, for like, sure. Like I think he, I think it's very, like a like a baby deer, just very hesitant, skittish. It's a sk- it's a skittish fingering. See, you're implying that he does anything to the women. Oh, I think he's an enthusiastic lover. And okay. I think that enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm going to say it, and this is the first compliment I've given to Dean in a while. Dean eats pussy. He okay. 100% okay. I don't think he's good at it, but he does it. I'll take it. Now, it's better than Sam, most. Absolute, not only does Sam eat pussy, Sam is weirdly good at eating pussy. You know what I mean? Like, too good at it. Trauma will do that to you. Sam tracks your cycle. So that he's got an app for you. He knows when to pamper you. (laughs) He just gets like always really nice about it. Like a couple days before. Oh, one hundred percent. Except he's doing it in a very like puppy dog, very sweet kind of way. Um, whereas Abed is doing it to like manipulate people. <laughs> Sam is just like, "Hey, babe, I know you're going through a rough time, so I thought we could cuddle on the couch, eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and watch your favorite movie, and just talk. You know, just not even talk, just just hold each other. Just you know? be. And Sam needs Sam yeah. needs that just as badly as the partner does." Oh 100%. yeah, one hundred percent. There, Sam is clearly suffering from uh, not only CTE but touch starvation. Oh, yes. Well, hell will do that to you. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, he's definitely one of those boyfriends where it's like, okay, okay, thank you. No, I appreciate that. I have been adequately pleasured. Let's focus on you now. You know, like you have to have that that conversation with him. But he doesn't want to be focused on. No, he, he yeah, service top, service mm. top. Uh, I would go as far to say that Sam is a pleasure dom. You know, you're right. You're what, right. Like wants to focus so far on like his partner, like once barely anything out of it for himself now Cass is bad at sex yeah I feel like he's just the clumsy verse he's had it once like he has yeah. no idea what he's doing no but, and then he tries to like bless the lady oh, as lost his babe in the city hmm. yeah and that's my take Best sex ever in the supernatural universe, though. Meg. Oh, I was gonna say Crowley. Yeah. Eh. Mm. They, can, they can share the award. 
both of them. Yeah. And then, like, Abaddon would just be, like, such an angry, like, I'm scared for whoever she's fucking. Oh, I don't think whoever she's fucking, like, survives. Oh, God, no. Praying Mantis style, definitely. Oh, she, yeah, she bites off the head. Talk about getting some head, am I right? But you're right. You're 100% right. Okay. Do you guys want to talk about Rowena? Because I have so much more to say about this episode, and this, this Habcast episode is going to be 10 years long because of that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's I talk bet, about okay. it. I bet Rowena is a... Oh just an enthusiastic switch um like just just mood swings from like what she wants day to day uh, whether she's the top or a bottom i know you're talking about the episode but i was like nope we're gonna talk about sex okay though. rowena is 100 percent pegging sam and whatever oh yeah no i'm saying whatever you need to believe to make that happen that's what's happening because for, sam is getting yeah. pegged and it is by rowena mm. for sure so, oh Oh, I bet she pegs Sam, but, like, with somebody else, she may need to be held and need to, like, made to feel safe. Who knows? Oh, well, that's where Sam's, like, service um, side comes in. Because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she pegs him, but then they take care of each other afterwards, for sure. I, it's I'm, sweet. I'm going to write yeah. fan fiction about it. Don't worry about it. But, like, the point is, is that Sam Weena best ship ever <laughs> it's, it's, it, Clearly the it has quickly become my favorite supernatural ship uh yeah fuck. i just love rowena so much and i think her and sam are really mm. like her and sam get some episodes together later and they have some like really good conversations and stuff and it's so mm. good and they they go through similar stuff like the stuff i'm talking about has already happened to sam and it's gonna happen to rowena and it's you know they've got mm. similar trauma and it's just like y'all get each other like it made so much sense and that's why they didn't uh, uh, <laughs> yeah ben and i are like angry fangirl grumbling <laughs> okay let's talk about rowena in this episode though because i don't really i don't really like the fact that she's crowley's mom just i kind of like it like... for the end of this episode I, I wait what yeah explain that real quick Ben uh I mean I kind of liked like the the back and well not really a back and forth but I liked just her like talking shit and he's just there just going into like PTSD shock that he's having to face his mother who he's thought has been long dead for literally centuries oh I don't think Rowena uh, recognizes that that's um, uh, her son. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Crowley oh. is recognizing that it's his mom. Yeah. And that's why he's just fucking frozen. Oh, yeah. And she's just talking shit to this, like, dude, this, oh, this is the king of hell. I need to be this big, bad, angry motherfucker. But she's just talking so much shit to her own, like, flesh and blood. Yeah. That was a pretty dope moment. Mm. I like that. And also, like, do you not like that she's his mom, like, in the entirety of the show? Because I feel like it really makes sense 
for what Crowley knows and what he knows how to do. No, I like it like later on. I do come I do come around to it, but mm-hmm. it, it's what okay, so real quick Travis, I want to get your opinion on it before I kind of like talk about why I don't like it cuz there's a lot of stuff that happens this episode and it, it, it once again it gets into continuity issues. So Right. So my thoughts on it are I completely forgot that Crowley had a mom and Rowena being Crowley's mom had no impact on me until the very end when Crowley was like, you're my mom. Well, that's. And then I was like, that's Crowley's mom. (laughs) Okay. What did you feel next, Travis? Um, Take us through as slowly as possible all all of your emotions. <laughs> well, then I closed Netflix and I started playing Splatoon, so I don't really remember. Oh, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Um, okay, so first of all, I'm going to say that Mark Shepard is a good actor. He does a good job. Here's why I don't enjoy it. One, Mark okay. Shepard and Ruth Connell are way too close in age. And I know that it makes sense from like, oh, it's magic bullshit, anime logic. But it's a it's a pet peeve of mine when it like happens, you know? Like, because right. um, Mary Winchester and, you know, the woman who plays Mary Winchester, I can't remember her name right now, and Jensen Ackles are also very close in age. But when we see Mary Winchester, she doesn't, she, you know, we only see her be a mom to a, to a child, like a child child, right? Right. And she dies. So it's not, it it doesn't, the age gap doesn't make sense. Also, Jensen looks like a fucking baby in those first seasons, but the age gap doesn't make sense. But like, it's, it's easy to hand wave. But Ruth Connell and Mark Shepard look mm. very similar in age. I wouldn't be surprised if they're only a couple years within each other. I, it's just, it's a thing. It happens all the time on television shows. Mm. It's annoying. Cast age gaps that make sense so that I don't want to die. Please, CW, I'm begging you. Second of all, has Crowley ever mentioned his mom being a witch before? I feel like we learned that somewhere. See, I feel like we did too. I feel like it it was mentioned somewhere, but like I feel like it's when he's like about to perform some spells or something cuz like not a whole lot of other demons really perform spells at the level that he does. That could also be explained as like a king of hell thing. Do, yeah, doesn't yeah. no, doesn't he do a spell while Sam is trying to make him human or whatever? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember Crowley ever mentioning it. If anyone does, please let us know. Because I feel like it is possible that he mentioned it offhandedly. Here's what we know about Crowley's past in Scotland. One, had a son. Two, sold his soul for a bigger wane. Three, was a tailor. Four, was named Fergus McLoy or McLeod. Five is Scottish. That's it. 
to if I remember correctly. But it's possible that they've mentioned Rowena like existing. Mm. Either way, this move screams to me the show is dying. So we're going to give a family connection to one of our one of the most popular characters. We also don't know what to do this season, which is true. That's what that says to me. Yeah. Like, also, we can't introduce a woman character who might get in the way of Destiel, so she can't be fuckable to Dean. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So that's why I'm just... I'm. Oh, we we learned about Crowley's mom being a witch during Clip Show. Okay, I knew it. Like, I felt like it had been mentioned before. Yeah, that was that was like the end of season eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, SupernaturalWiki.com, my favorite website. Once again, SupernaturalWiki.com saves the day. We appreciate all that you've done for us. SupernaturalWiki.com Alright. I I knew I felt like that had been mentioned. I wonder, I imagine Jeremy Carver had planned this for a while then. Because that's a Jeremy Carver season. Season 8. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. And then... And now I'm trying to look through Clip Show to see if it says... Crowley's son got introduced in a Jeremy Carver season i think also yeah jeremy carver is really like we're gonna explore crowley's family life and let me tell you um we do not have to do that (laughs) like yeah the the sun episode kind of unnecessary but still kind of cool mm -hmm. look i like rowena a lot and I don't, I enjoy her and Crowley's relationship later on in the show. But right mm. now, her introduction screams desperate. And also, I think it's kind of a weird move to take your amoral badass, who everybody loves as your token evil teammate, and humanize him as much as possible. Like, y'all have literally been pumped yeah. in full of human blood. Now you're going to give him a family, too? What are you doing? <laughs> And what's more is that not only is it a family, but it's an abusive mother. Guys, come on. I liked Crowley when he was running around being a magnificent bastard, outwitting Sam and Dean, always having a trick up his sleeve. Now I just feel bad for him. Like, nobody respects him. He's almost lost hell. He's clearly going through a mental breakdown. And now now he's got his mom who he has a complicated relationship with back in his life. Come on. What are you guys doing? He's already got a complicated relationship with his fucking foot soldiers, right? too. Like, dude. How am I ever supposed to take him seriously again? When he's going around I've... doing his old king of hell shtick, what am I supposed to believe? I'm going to think he's pathetic. <laughs> it makes me sad. I feel like there is an event horizon with characters where they become popular... Uh, and then the showrunners get the knowledge that that character is popular, so they start dropping 
like lore about that character whether it's like wanted or not yeah you know what i mean no i think you're right and this this happens so much it it's a thing you're right so it is what it is i guess and it's not great i wonder who invented crowley because they've got to be getting the the royalties because he became such a popular character because he was like what season three or four uh, season five okay I know it was before the um, key leaving oh here is the other um yes yes he shows up he helps them stop the apocalypse essentially um, here's the other little, like, lore thing that happened this episode, this um, continuity thing that I was kind of annoyed with. The entire show. Okay, so I, again, this is a decision that I ultimately don't mind. I think it's cool. I think it makes sense. But the entire show, we have been told that witches are people who make deals with demons for magic. Now, there are some very old witches who do this, and there are some very young witches who do this. But that's that's how you are a witch, right? Yeah. This episode, we actually find out there's three types of witches. There's the kind I just mentioned, but then also naturally born witches, which is what Rowena is. And those witches are super powerful, which Rowena is very talented at magic. And then also people can just learn magic. They're not as strong but it is possible. And that's who Rowena is. Well, Rowena was trying to make people... So Rowena was born a witch, and she has magic powers. Oh, okay. She's the born a witch. Yes. Gotcha. She was going around recruiting prostitutes to try to rebuild a coven, and they would have been that third type of witch. Gotcha. Of course, okay. all of her plans fall apart. Because Rowena is kind of short-sighted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the sex work in this episode. Um, treated pretty shittily, I would say. Yeah. Shock. Ultimately, un- an unnecessary piece of the plot. Yeah. 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 Like, we could have just, we could have had Dean driving eight hours to a booty call, and then whoever that is mentions something just about, like, a friend of hers, Mm -hmm. and not a weird sex work ring, you know? I guess then how do- We also didn't need, like, the eight-hour drive for a booty call. It could have been after- It, It could have been in town. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had that hilarious joke. Yeah. So, um, but you're right. In town booty call, like, oh God, the gas mileage, you know? Dean, yeah. you know that car gets 10 miles to the gallon. <laughs> yeah, and in 2014? <laughs> Guys, come on. Ugh. Yeah looking around at 2022 gas prices and just being like, ah, ah. 
Here's a big question. What do we what? Oh, talking about, you know, Sam and Dean driving around everywhere, going places for no reason in their gas guzzling yeah. car that gets five miles to the when, gallon. When we remake Supernatural in an eon to a millennia, uh, do we EV swap the Impala? Um, no. The Impala is iconic. If any, if anything, they're going to drive further and on an even older, shittier car. Fair enough. Yeah. Hate it, hate it, but that's just how it has to be. Yeah. How it, it's got, how it's got to be. No hybrids on Supernatural. Oh, it wouldn't be a hybrid. It would be a complete, like, electric vehicle. No electric vehicles on Supernatural. Nothing that even yeah. sniffs of helping the environment, unless yeah. it's being driven by a weak-willed patsy. And I'm proud to be an American. Okay, that's all I got there. But um, going back to the actual plot of the episode, so basically these demons have set up a prostitution ring where they have um, this demon named Raul has done it, and these prostitutes hire Johns, and then they're like, hey, if you want to fuck me, I don't want money. What I want instead is your soul and there's a guy waiting downstairs and he'll build up a contract which just seems like this just seems like too many steps <laughs> first of all, all why not just have demon prostitutes yeah like, right does that not seem the obvious answer just have just have demon ugh, whatever anyways second of all um not surprisingly, Supernatural treats sex work very badly. It is real work. It deserves to be treated with respect. Sex workers know what they need better than anyone else. Mm. I'm not expecting anything better than Supernatural, but Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah. So, at one point, Crowley's like, I don't want you to open a brothel in my name because it's tacky. Dude, chill out. <laughs> that joke was funny in season seven when it was the episode with um, Aaron Burr from Hamilton <laughs> and Crowley was talking about, like, we keep our deals, but I don't know. I just think it's kind of dumb this episode. Yeah. But yeah, Sam and Dean figure out there's a demon one brothel, but before they can get there to kill all the demons and save the girls, Rowena gets there first. She recruits the two prostitutes that are left, I guess. And then goes on a fancy dining spree and kills a bunch of waiters. Which I thought was mean. Yeah. But the deaths were cool. She boils a guy's brains. Well, they're still in his skull. I don't... I don't think she meant to do that, though. I feel like that was a side effect of the, the spell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. She mentions that later. 
basically she's like humans can't handle the kind of magic she does on them so they just end up dying that's a terrible setup I wonder yeah. I wonder if that's just Rowena or if every witch goes through that Maybe it is just Rowena. She mentions the fact because there's a grand coven of witches, witches, and they've kicked her out of it because her magic's like too intense, and she does things that they wouldn't do. Hmm. Oh. Like boil the brains of service people. Also, um, the Sam and Dean are able to track her because they find the spell she used on the demon, and on the witch Wikipedia. <laughs> they're able to find out Wikipedia. that it is exactly they're able to find out that it's a spell that Rowena developed and she never told anyone else seriously you can trust Google on this <laughs> <laughs> or because it's Halloween Google anyways um, and uh, that's how they figure out what's for Rowena and I was like that's fucking convenient also seems very spotty Bullshit. yeah also not a not not how that works uh but you know whatever it turns out they were right i just don't give enough of a shit to like really <laughs> care yeah. to give them credit yeah so what did you think about rowena betna and i have talked a lot about what we think about her but what do you think about her uh travis i mean overall i'm just kind of nonplussed about her like the most interesting thing about her is that she is Crowley's mom. Not the fact that she's Scottish. Um, that accent. Whew. I mean, it is a pretty good she accent. She is hot as hell. But, yeah, I don't know. It was, like, this episode could have ended in literally any way possible. And it would have just been like, Oh well, there's another witch running around that Sam and Dean haven't have talked to. So that's a thing. Like it could have just been that to me. Yeah. Well, I feel like them trying to do the other two storylines to set up this one just took too much time. Yeah. And really yeah. weren't fuck like fucking I don't know, I didn't feel anything. When Cole drove off, or when Hannah went back to uh, husband person number one. Yeah, I was going to bring up Hannah and Cass next. I'm so fucking tired of them. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. I like both of those characters, but it has been several episodes of Hannah and Cass just driving around America and like talking and hunting down angels and talking and making bad decisions and talking and having the worst sexual tension. The, the, the chemistry that Hannah and Cass have is so hot that it could maybe, um, let's, it would cool down butter. That's the chemistry that they have. If you had a stick of nice warm butter, the chemistry between Hannah and Cass would solidify it. Yeah, it was, I gotta say, this whole time that they've been road tripping, 
I just have not given a shit about what Cass is up to this season. No. Yeah, it's just And usually boring. it's some of the most interesting shit that they don't show us. Also, not yeah. only do I not give a shit, I also fundamentally think it's dumb. Like, not yeah. think it's wrong, think it's stupid. Guys, some angels just want to live on their own. If they're not hurting anyone, let them. Y'all have been through this before. Not this exact scenario, but the whole, like, free will versus obedience thing. And Cass has been on both sides of that argument, and his very important character development was figuring out that free will is not a bad thing. What are you people doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Just say you don't have anything for him to do, and tell him to fuck off for a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think this, I mean, 2014, was it peak Castiel time or was oh, it a little past peak? No, it was. What do you so think? So 20, okay. I'm pretty sure 2014 Tumblr was, was like the height of the Super Hulak era. So if anything, it was the peakest of peak Castiel time. And yeah, y'all so, were not on Supernatural Tumblr during that time. But Destiel was so popular, people were like, we just need to write Sam out of the show. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> just like, why is he even there? What does he do? It's all Destiel. Um, so I think he was shoehorned into these early season episodes because of his popularity. Um. Yeah. They're also setting something up. I mean, at the end of the episode, he's Googling Jimmy Novak and looking at it sadly. Yeah. Also mentioned his family. That was a trip. His Jimmy Novak yeah, family? Yeah, Jimmy Novak family. Yeah, forgot about them. I know. We all did. I thought, I thought Jimmy Novak was done. Jimmy Novak like, is I done. Like, for sure. Like Jimmy's so Cassage is Jimmy's Jimmy's, Jimmy's gone. dead. Yeah. Like Jimmy is, he is either ceased to exist or he is in heaven or hell. I mean, we don't know what kind of life he lived before Cass. Just kidding, we do. He but was a very Cass, righteous man. Cass still has all of his memories and stuff. Is that what I'm? Well, I mean, if you're an angel, you have to have the memory of an elephant. So you know. Right. You you basically get a memory dump once when you possess the body, and I imagine that just sticks with you. Also, yeah. it's kind of hard to forget a kid, right? Like, I mean, I know the show did it for several years, and we're just now hearing about Jimmy's daughter again. Um, but, yeah, I imagine Cass was like, right, Jimmy Novak, the guy I'm possessing, has a wife and child. He's probably aware of, like, he probably, that, that didn't slip out of his memory. Maybe he doesn't remember that his favorite food is oatmeal or whatever, but he probably remembers the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I'm interested in seeing where this goes as far as Cass returning to the role of Jimmy Novak, maybe. But, yeah, everything with Hannah this episode. And, like... They, they like they were trying to do this intimacy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Did they fuck? No. 
Okay, I didn't think so. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this now. Never in a million years at this point in the show could Supernatural introduce a serious love interest for Cass or Dean and, like, expect them to live. You know what I mean? Like, the writers. Yeah. Destiel was too popular. The fandom would have revolted. It, they they already, before this point, like Ruby was despised because she had, she was a love interest of Sam. And right. like a single, you know, presumably straight female character. Like, I think that's part of the reason why Katie Cassidy got recast. Um, at the end of season three, I imagine, you know, part really? of that also was the writer's strike. Like that didn't, that had a hand for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I think part of it was that. So like already at this point, like female love interest being introduced was just already a bad time. But especially right now, especially for Cass or Dean, cause they're, you know, the two most popular characters and they have the most popular ship. So, yeah, they had some, like, sexy moments between Hannah and Cass, I guess. And Hannah mentions that she wanted Cass in that way and was trying to get him to be interested. But, like, again, there's just there's just nothing there. Also, mm. is that incest? Technically? Mm, yes. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, but the th- the whole thing with Hannah is that she wound up you Angel. Wait, the Angel's name is Hannah. Yes. The so Angel Hannah wound up using one of her. What are they called? Not they don't call them meat suits. Vessels. One of their vessels, like she winds up using one of her vessels credit cards to pay for one of the motels. Mm-hmm. And she did that on purpose, right? No. I mean, she used the credit no. card on purpose, but she didn't think it would. She used the credit card on purpose, but she uses the credit card. And then that basically is like her vessel's husband is like, oh, my God, there she is. I have to go get her. And, um, and yeah, so. Sorry. Part of me is like, did she do it on purpose? I mean, she didn't do it on purpose, right? Because she was trying to be like, Castiel, we have a mission. Yeah. Or was she trying... No, no, no. She was trying to be done with the mission. Because she was no. like, we've got all the major rogues. Like, all the major, like, rogue angels, right? And then Cass was like, yeah, but the mission is every angel. So we have to keep going. So, okay. Yes, but I don't think... That means that Hannah was, like, done or planned on leaving or did it on purpose. I think that she was, like, still hanging around. I think she was trying to convince Cass to slow down for Cass's sake because he's still running on, like, borrowed grace and stuff. Oh, that's right. And then I think she was sticking around because I think she had a crush on Cass and was, like, Let's see if anything will happen there. But I don't think it was because she was trying to trick Caroline. Caroline is the vessel's name, by the way. I don't think she was mm. trying to like trick Caroline into 
like Caroline's husband defining them or whatever, or like waiting for that. Because I think if that had been the case, she right. just would have gone home. She's an angel. She's a very yeah. direct character. She doesn't understand like she 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 of all the angels we have met is the most like Cass in that she understands the least about humans and then also doesn't get why like doesn't get like social cues and, and mores and stuff. So if she had wanted to let Caroline go before that and just like let Caroline go back to her husband. She just would have been like, okay, peace out. See you in heaven. Like, and called it a day. You know what I mean? She wouldn't, she wouldn't have yeah. done this like underhanded bullshit. Cause she's a very direct character. I'm going to say this about Hannah. She didn't need to be in this season. Like at all. No. Oh yeah. No, absolutely not. And I like Hannah as a character. I don't think she's like spectacular or anything, but I like her fine. I think her actor is fine. You know? Um, yeah, I mean the same thing about Cole really didn't need to exist, but it's just there taking up space. Yeah, and time, and energy, yeah, and my will to live. Fucking a. Yeah. That's the episode title, by the way. Will my will to live? <laughs> <laughs> but um, parentheses, mommy? Question mark. <laughs> mommy? Question? <laughs> mommy? Mom? Mommy? Um, but yeah, I, uh, this is Hannah's last episode. She goes out, she came in like a fart, she goes out like a fart. Yeah. Kind of sad for a character who's stuck around for like a season and a half. Sizzles away, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Depressing. (laughs) She doesn't even stick around to the end of this episode. That's how quick they were to get her out of the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like you can leave at the midway point we'll see you later yeah but yeah she uses her credit card in a motel room why are two angels getting a motel room I guess it's to take showers and very badly flirt with each other then well, yeah, she walks into the hotel room like naked right like out of the shower. Yeah, she like takes off her clothes and she's like, "I'm gonna go take a shower." And Cass is like, "Why? You don't need to." And Hannah goes, "I know." Do you have a problem with me being naked? And Cass is like, "No." And Hannah's like, "Great." I'm gonna stand here awkwardly for a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was Hannah trying to say, "Nice shoes, wanna fuck." Th- that's what it was, but Cass is such a dumbass he didn't pick up on it. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. So, um, real quick, I want to get what happens with Hannah out of the way and then talk about Cass a little bit. Uh, Mm. so what happens is Caroline's husband shows up and is like, hey, you've been gone for a year. What the hell, lady? And Hannah's like, oh, I have been gone for a year, but I had a very good reason and I can't tell you what that reason is. And Caroline's husband goes, um, what do you mean you can't tell me? I'm your husband, and Hannah goes, it's, I've been having an affair with this guy, and the guy is Cass, and then Cass and Hannah kiss, and Caroline's husband is like, all right, bye, and And then, yeah, they mash together like fucking Barbie dolls. Oh, one, the kiss is the least sexy TV kiss of all time. Would you like to hear what is, in my opinion, one of the most sexy TV kisses of all time? I won't say most sexy, most romantic. I feel like no matter what we're going to say, you're going to tell us. You're right. 
It's Jess and Nick's first kiss, kiss and new girl. Um, just look it up. It's very hot and romantic. I will look at it yeah. later. So after that, Hannah is in disarray and her and Cass talks about it, talk about it. And at first Cass is like, you know, Jimmy had a family and I took him away from that. I took it away from him twice, but I had to do it for the mission to save the world, yada, yada, yada. And Hannah's like, yeah, no, absolutely. I get it. And then she disappears. Cass finds her standing over a bridge. Hannah explains that she could feel Caroline inside of her, wanting her life back, that the mission wasn't important, humans were important, that she had learned a lot about being human from spending time with Cass and being down in the world, that she stayed as long as she did to spend, to be with Cass, you know, and that she was done and she was going to go back to heaven. And that's what happens. She leaves. Caroline gets her body back. At the end of the episode, Caroline goes back to her husband. I have no idea what that conversation looked like because last we saw, Caroline's husband believed she had been having an affair with another man for a year. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. That's the end of that character. Thanks for a season and a half. Well, less than a half, but season and a quarter. The end. So what do you think is going to happen with Cass? Oh, man. I mean, like, maybe he will try to be Jimmy Novak, but that will fail spectacularly because he is just awful at being a human. That is true. That's my prediction. Ben and I are staring at each other. <laughs> yeah. I was going to send it to Discord in parentheses, quiet staring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm scared um, to change anything with my setup at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> so, I I have a little tidbit of information for you. Oh, snap. Mark Shepard was born on May 30th, 1964. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Do you have a guess... As to when Ruth Connell was born. No, but I bet she's younger than Mark Shepard. October oh, 10th, right. 16, uh, 1965. April 20th, 1979. God Whoa. damn. 15 Whoa. years. I knew it. I. In this case, I know you can't explain <laughs> it away because of magic bullshit, but I. Oof, yeah. Such a pet peeve. Especially because it's like it's we like had to you, get a you younger want... woman because Hollywood sexism. Fuck you, CW. Fuck you, Supernatural. Yeah. I hate you guys. Yeah, I I totally get the wanting the paternal figures to look like they're older, or at least literally be older. Yeah. One of my favorites is how um, Sean Connery is only like two years older than Indiana Jones, and he was supposed to be his dad in, in, yeah. in the last one. And the, like fucking uh, a few of the Bond movies were actually shot fairly close to when he was put into Indiana Jones. Oh, that's and incredible. He had like his hair for James Bond was not only dyed, but also a toupee. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I 
don't remember because somebody else was James Bond for a couple of movies, and then they were like, "No one's coming to see this guy. Bring back the, bring back Sean Connery." Yeah, I don't remember who was between like Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan. I don't think it was Timothy Dalton. I think it was the other guy. Anyway, we've gone way yeah. off track. Yeah. yeah, it's late. So, any um, anything else about this episode? I think we've I think we've pretty much talked it out. It should have been two or three other episodes, in my opinion. It could have been at least two different episodes. <laughs> this season? Because, like, the, the C-plot of this episode could have been the B-plot with a lot more highlights in a different episode. The whole fucking uh, Hannah, Carolyn, and Cass thing could have just been either, like, a cold open or something where, like, you see... Like, Cass drop off the vessel, and then they're, like, standing outside talking in the middle of the night, and then, like, like there's no dialogue, like, no verbal, audible dialogue. It's just, you see them have the conversation, the Grace goes up, and then Carolyn goes back to the house, and uh, we see, like, Cass just staring longfully, and then he drives off, and then cut to Supernatural. Hell yeah. Um, I'm gonna say this. This up the season meanders. This episode is a good microcosm of that meandering. Oh yeah. yes. Oh, that's such a good word for it. Meandering. Yeah. Oh my god. I give it a one out of ten. I'm very curious what IMDB says about this goddamn episode. The one is for Rowena exclusively. Because she is, she gets a <laughs> yeah, whole star true. just for herself. Um, I'm going to read two reviews. Just two. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this first one is, it has a slapdash quality by being overstuffed, but the core of it is still worthwhile. This is something the later seasons sometimes did. They would introduce a whole bunch of ideas in the early, going only to end them too quickly because the fans didn't initially like the material. I think that happened to Hannah and Cole here. Both subplots get wrapped up in this episode along with introducing Rowena. The resulting hour of TV is messy and feels slapped together. The core developments of this episode, i.e. Rowena, the innovation of the demon deals, are compelling, and how Hannah and Cole get wrapped up makes sense but too many moving parts in this episode. Okay. Yeah. So I disagree with how it gets wrapped, like how Cole gets wrapped up because it feels very like, okay, yes, how it gets wrapped up makes sense. Like it's not a bad story beat, but it's so shortened. That's what's bad, you know? And because of that, it kind of ruins everything else about the character. Again, this is his second appearance. Wait, no. Well, it's his second appearance, third episode, right? Yes. Okay, but the first part section of that review, I completely agree with. They introduced elements to the show, the fans didn't get it and didn't like them, and so they were quickly scrapped. It feels like Supernatural is throwing spaghetti to a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. 
This this whole season has felt like that yep. so far. Yeah. Um, that review got an 8 out of 10, by the way. And then here's the other review mm. I'm going to be reading. Travis Aaron Wade. What? Travis is such a compelling actor and did a superb job playing the role of Cole. Overall, this was a very satisfying episode. I hope Travis comes back. 10 out of 10. Boy, howdy, have I got Wait. bad news for you. Oh, I was going to say, was it that actor? Was it literally that actor writing a review about himself? Uh, <laughs> because that would be hilarious if true. It's a, if this is just some rando hoping that this character comes back. Uh, and, well, this this review came in, This review was published in 2019, so I'm going to say no. Oh, no. Um, other things they've reviewed... Uh, the 2022 Quantum Leap, No Heart and Soul is the title of that review. Um, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, Woman in Gold, uh, Goat, which is a movie, Dahmer, the new series. So, yeah, I think this is not Travis Aaron Wade and is a real person. <laughs> what do they think about Dahmer? I haven't seen it. Oh, what did they yeah, think about Dahmer? It. Probably not going to. Uh, guess I really done it this time, huh? But it's in quotes, so it's a quote from the show. <laughs> That's how Jeffrey Dahmer, a man who slaughtered, cut up, and often ate 17 young men, arrest, sums up his arrest and indictment. Like many people, I knew the headline of Dahmer's story, but little else. This dramatization starring the great Evan Peters shows the story from the victim's perspective. I have heard that that, that is not true which I found very compelling. In these stories of mass murder, society rarely gets an opportunity to understand the human beings that suffered the most. Sure, we get their stories, but their inner personalities, lives, dreams, and motivations in life are never really known, except by the people who loved them, who were re-traumatized because of the show. That part is not in the yeah, review. Like, That's a little uh, add-on. Yeah. It's <laughs> a little already Yeah, a little, little, little already editorializing. <laughs> Uh, it's very well done. Yes, hard to watch, but masterfully directed. Four episodes of season one were directed by Jennifer Lynch. I don't know who that is. Nursey Nash, always superb, plays Glenda Cleveland, one of Dahmer's neighbors who, in vain, begged the cops to investigate bizarre screams, buzzsaws, and the stench coming from Dahmer's apartment. As her character states, for years I told you to do something and you did nothing. Nash is simply superb in this role. Stories are told from at least ten instances where this monster was nearly caught, but time after time released. And that Cobden judges gave him a pass are simply astounding. So if the, so is the father, who makes everything about him. As always, Richard Jenkins delivers a perfect performance as the senior Dahmer, Molly Ringwald, Pen Penelope Ann Miller, and Michael Leonard skillfully play other Dahmer, Dahmer women. Once again, we have another story of police not being held accountable. The ineptitude of cops and judges is shocking. So that's the review of Dahmer. Nice. Don't watch it or do. I mean, I'm not your dad. I can't tell you what to watch, but consider because there is a way to consume true crime ethically. And from what I've heard, Dahmer ain't it, ain't it fam. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I feel like there's enough like podcasts and YouTube channels with videos on the subject. Well, I don't think a biopic is what we needed. No. 
Also, Ben, you and I have talked about this before. You, we hate discussing Dahmer because mm. he sh- he shouldn't have killed the people he killed. Oh no, he should have been stopped way early on, but just because of when it happened, the races of the people involved. Yeah, the people who were reporting him to the police. Yeah. Oh, and just the simple fact that Dahmer was white. Yeah. And he was, he was, I can't say anything without getting mad about it, but yeah, it's just, it's one of the most horrendous and just deeply, like, I can't think of a word stronger than saddening. Yeah. But just what, if you don't know anything about Dahmer, you're probably better off, but Jesus Christ. The true crime stories that I find most interesting are, like, the stuff about, like, um, like Gypsy Rose, you know? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. That kind of thing. But, um, yeah. I can't remember her mom's name. Um, which is also a heartbreaking story. But, you know, these, yeah. you have to be careful with true crime because they usually involve murder. And yeah. they, like, real people got hurt. The other types of true yeah. crime stories I enjoy are, like, the crazy, crazy, like, heist stories. <laughs> or, like, oh, yeah. these inept criminals barely commit a crime. Even more inept cops took ten years to solve the crime. <laughs> you know, mm. shit like that. If you want a good bonkers ass uh, true crime story, Netflix does have a uh, documentary called Girl in the Picture. Mm. If you haven't seen it, it's fucking wild and crazily insane, and you definitely won't see the end, like what actually happens coming. Um. Yeah, I kind of—I don't think I've seen that one. I kind of want to watch it. Oh, it's it's a fucking time. As always, with true crime, listen to victims. If you can't listen to the victims, listen to the victim's family. And know that if I died in a crazy way, I totally, totally want a Ryan Murphy Netflix show about it. In which case, it will be moral and done. As exploitative as you can possibly make it. That is on recording. So, <laughs> you have my permission, Ryan Murphy. To make a crazy, awful true crime story. And if anyone's like, wow, this is so immoral, tell them it's what I would have wanted. We got you. But also, I want to live forever. Knocking on wood. Knocking on wood. Okay. (laughs) Guys, I think think this is a... I think we've reached the end of the episode. Is this Murder, She Wrote? This is Murder, She Wrote. We've talked it out. We've talked out our feelings on this episode. And... um. You know, the season, in a lot of ways, is just beginning. And God, please, please let the next episode be good. You know what I mean? Just, can please, can we? Can we have that? You know? Please? Jeremy, please? Travis, the next episode is called Hibbing 911. What's it about? Hibbing? Hibbing. H-I-B-B-I-N-G. Is it... Smaller than a bread box? What is Hibbing? Hibbing is the name of a place. Oh, it's a place. Yes. 
Hibbing nine. Oh, like Reno nine one. Yes. Ah, oh, you got there. Ah, oh, oh, you got there, okay. bud. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. So since it's nine one one, I'm gonna say that this has to do with our old pal Jody Mills. God, I hope. So. I think you would be assuming correctly. She's got some new ostrich skin boots, and she's doing some new boot goofing. <laughs> You know what? If the entire episode is just Jody Mills running around doing some new boot goofing with her ostrich skin boots, then I take back everything I say about this season. Season 10 is the best season of Supernatural. Amazing. I love it. Can we have more of this, please? I would watch a whole episode of Supernatural New Boot Goofing. New Boot, New Boot <laughs> Sam got new boots. Dean's got new boots. Jody's got new boots. Crowley's got new boots. We're all new boots. Why goofing. are we running around in those fancy shoes? Oh, you haven't heard? These are new boots, and it's New Boots Goofing time. Well. <laughs> Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen next week, but by God, I sure hope it does. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you want to hear more from us, you can check out our Patreon, where for $3 a month, you can gain access to the other show we do. That is Let's Shag Ass, a show where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Last one, we watched The Boys. That episode was crazy. If you want to hear our thoughts on it, check it out. Go to our Patreon, support the show, make it happen. Netflix has gotten really, really expensive. Uh, you can hear more from us on our socials at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Ask But a Supernatural Podcast on Facebook. We also have a Discord. Um, come say hi on that. That is just $1 a month on Patreon. So um, if you want to come chat, we'd love to have you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, have fun. Bye.